You know, I mean, I had spent some time bashing terrorists, as you know, in my, you know, as far as in my jobs uh, uh, before that, they were very direct um, jobs. But I'd also spent a fair amount of time studying terrorism, you know, both in school at Georgetown, later at Harvard. Um, and I felt like intellectually I was prepared for a task of that nature. Now, interesting. what was the challenge was is trying to figure out exactly what America wanted to do. You know, I mean, we had some very broad statements from President Bush. Uh, I had direct access to the Secretary of Defense, Secretary Rumsfeld, as well as the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Myers. And, and of course, my boss was General Abizade at the time and, uh, and later General Casey. I felt like I had that, that access, but what they were really looking for was a plan and a strategy. A plan to go attack the enemy? Well, yes, and, and who was the enemy? And that's why you come up with this issue of global war on terror. I mean, it was very clear that the president and the secretary of defense saw a broader mission set than just going to Afghanistan and destroying or decimating Afga uh, the, uh, the Al-Qaeda there. They saw it in broader terms. They saw... If 9-11 could happen on our soil, then mainly uh, transnational terrorists were an existential threat to America and our way of life. And the deeper that they got into it and the why of what happened, what was, you know, what was Osama bin Laden and his team there, what were they trying to do to America? Um, the more that they got into that, started thinking through that, the more, I would say, concerned anguish they became and and thus you see this broadening from well beyond Afghanistan and what we do over a period of time is really look we look worldwide what is the potential threat where are transnational terrorists especially once connected to al-qaeda and then what can we do to either destroy them decimate them and at the same time we're trying to think about how do you change the narrative hmm. how do you change their narrative where they're able to attract people and so you get this whole basically it's an almost an information war what were some things you can say about bin laden and why he planned the, the attacks on 9-11. I think he was attacking our economy and our way of life is what he really wanted to have, uh, have happen. There's a lot of concern. I mean, he basically, um, you know, there's also a direct issue with Saudi Arabia that we don't want to get into a lot of detail on. But I, I think that what he saw was is that if we would take a major role in that area of the world, uh, that it, one, it would turn potential allies against us, the Saudis, the Gulfies, yeah, and things of that nature. But more importantly, he wanted to bleed us, he wanted to bleed our economy. And uh, I think he was, in some cases, very wise as far as if you if you put on his, you know, his sandals and his robe and things of that nature, he was no dummy. He was not very a dumb person. A very intelligent right. person. He had long before. thought through this and uh, and the whole movement had. So did 9-11 then, as I hear you speak, you studied it for years prior. I mean, obviously, it's now in the spotlight, but was there not as much focus on global terrorism prior to 9-11? And the 9-11 was the catalyst that said, okay, these guys are the real deal? Yeah, no, there had been a lot of studies. And, you know, I mean, I had a lot of studies prior to 9-11 happening. And, and, of course, you know, 
Americans have to be led sometimes to mm-hmm. uh, a conflict. We, we don't generally, in spite of our reputation now over the last 20 or 30 years, um, you know, habitually, if you look in history, we had to be led to it. I mean, you know, Franklin Roosevelt had to lead America to get involved in World War II for sure. Interesting. Right? Good point. Um, and, and in this case, it's the very similar thing. If, I, if you go backwards and you think of the bombings that have took place basically in Africa, Al-Qaeda sponsored, if you took a look at the coal bombing, you know, of the ship there yes, and, cool. and the part uh, in the uh, port of Aden, uh, those were all things coming along. And, and by then, Osama bin Laden had already gone on record publicly and said he's at war with America. Um, but it took 9-11 for us to take that seriously. There were other you know, transnational terrorist uh, units or groups uh, throughout the world that were, that were doing similar things, Indonesia, Bali, things of that nature that were you know, doing bombings and things of that nature. Obviously, Africa, we really didn't focus on Africa terrorism until those bombings took place. You mm-hmm. know? And I would just say that... Uh, there was a lot of intellectual study of it, you know, in the universities and things like that. But the U.S. military at that point in time was not focused on terrorism to the broadest extent. You had, the, you know, the, the units like Delta and, and obviously the 160th and other units, SEAL Team 6 and things of that nature. But most of other folks were broadly looking at other portions of uh, warfare. During your year or so of putting this strategic plan together, were, were there some major eye-opening, like, aha moments for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the and this is a, still has currency today is is that as we're going through this interview and talking to State Department, CIA, a whole bunch of, of characters out there that are helping us uh, do this. Um, everybody kept reminding me at the very senior leaders of say the agency, hmm. uh, they would say, "Okay, you're focused on B team. Don't forget that A team is Hezbollah and the Quds Force and the Iranian proxy forces out there. They're the A team. Watch them. And, uh, and that was an aha moment because we were going through this entire process of really focusing on transnational terrorism. But yet state-sponsored terrorism coming out of Iran, that our plans really didn't take that and direct that in any specific way that would have been notable at that time. Pure curiosity, did you focus on any of, of how these terrorist groups get all their funding? Was that at, at yeah, all? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, we worked very closely with, uh, by then, there was the nascent portion um, of an idea that terrorist, terrorist financing was going to be a critical area of actually fighting terrorists. And you see uh, Justice, Justice and Treasury working together to set up a uh, basically an anti-terrorism financing outfit that's actually trying to follow the money. Interesting. Um, and uh, and so, you know, in fact, a good friend of mine, Juan Zarate, eventually takes on takes that over, and then eventually goes and works uh, for the White House on, on counterterrorism. But um, absolutely, financing was was considered early on as a, as an area to work on. It took a while though to operationalize that. And then, Ed, how about something, like, I think you briefly touched on about understanding their ideals and their core beliefs. Did you yeah. try to tap into that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and so, state stands up this whole thing. I mean, the military really didn't see that as is something that you know we would use our units, you know, either psychological warfare units, really, or information warfare units. They, we didn't see that as as our place, but we clearly saw that as trying to coordinate that. Um, and so state takes that on as a major issue. And then later on, when I'm at the National Counterterrorism Center, uh, they're up and running. Now, I got to say, in hindsight, we were less than successful, right? Mm-hmm. If you look backwards at that, I mean, we, we have not been as successful as, as I know all of us thought we could be in doing that, countering the message of terrorists. 